1: Hey, folks, Nick and Mark here from the Roll Call Room. We are excited. Manscaped.com is our major sponsor. Go to manscaped.com, use code Roll Call Room, and get 20% off. Father's Day is coming up. The Performance Package 4.0 is what they sent us. It's on sale right now. Use the promo code, get that 20% off. Look at all the stuff that you get in the Performance Package 4.0. This is some really, really good stuff. You can see how excited Mark is. I'm excited. More importantly, your balls will thank you.
0: The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. Any characters discussed on this show may be fictional for comedic value unless you're a shitbag Steve. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised.
2: Most of the time,
0: we don't have someone there to keep us in line, to make us do push-ups and give us a good swift kick in the ass when we slack off. What we have to do is we have to be our own sergeant to hold the highest standards and allow no slack. Your problem is you start something, you stop it. You start something, you stop it. You feel good, you do it. You don't feel good, you quit. People who do stuff consistently and on time, they surpass people who talented and gifted. All men are created equal. Some just work harder. And the problem with some of y'all is you want somebody else to support your dream. It's yours. I don't owe you a dime. It's your dream. If you want it to happen, get your butt up and make it happen. If you want it to happen, rise and grind. If you want it to happen, you're going to have to do what I do and that's get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And you're going to have to act like you got all the energy in the world. Why? Because this is my time. This is my moment. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Ain't no such thing as tomorrow. We only got today. Every decision you make, the decisions you make on money. The decisions you make on Tuesday, the decisions you make on Wednesday, if you decide to hit the snooze button, what you're doing is, you're 10 minutes away from your goal now, you just went backwards, so whatever your goals are, whatever your dreams are, whatever your destiny is, your decisions have to be in alignment with them, now, if you want to be broke for the rest of your life, keep doing what you're doing, but if you want something different in life, you gotta do something different, you gotta go all in! And Mitchell Toughness says, not only do I climb that doggone mountain, I enjoy climbing the mountain. I get a kick out the mountain. I get a kick out the weights. I get a kick out of going up against the number one team. I get a kick out of fatigue. I get a kick out of the grind. I get a kick out of it. When you want to become a diamond, your whole attitude change, your whole mindset, your thinking, your relationships, the decisions that you make, how you spend your time, your energy, all of it changes. See, this is something that you can't be in this business. This business has to be in you. You take advantage of this opportunity. You let everything else go. You eat different. You study different. You practice different. It's one thing to talk about your destiny. It's one thing to dream about your destiny. But it's another thing to wake up when you know you're supposed to wake up to say no to that party. Saying no to quitting when you still got a hundred more shots to make. Saying no when your boss said, stop but you put in 50 more push-ups. You can't just talk about it. You gotta be a bottom. Yup, it's tough. It's hard. I'm not telling you it's gonna be easy to sacrifice. I'm not telling you it's gonna be easy to grind. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy but I can tell you this. It will be worth the sacrifice if you can RIDE YOUR WAY THROUGH IT!
2: are listening to the podcast that changed the game and rocked an entire profession. And rocked
1: an entire profession.
2: Talking about shit in law enforcement that keeps poor leaders up at night. When others run scared and hide behind fake policies, the Roll Call Room podcast tells it like it is. No Bullshit. No matter how hard these steves try, we keep killing it. And now, here are your hosts, Nick and Mark.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Roll Call Room. I am your host, Nick, with my co-host, Mark. How are you doing, buddy?
2: My brother, I am doing well. I had a long day today, but you know, uh, the energy level here at the Mark, the cop house is fairly high. Um, taught all day at the Academy today. So yeah, I'm ready to go. Not that warping. I haven't been talking for eight hours straight. So
1: <laughs> warping young minds, warping.
2: Yes. Young minds. Yeah, so not that... necessarily trying, trying to get them lined up for the, uh, the, you know, the proper thing. So, you know, yeah. doing the right thing is what I like to preach.
1: Well, you know we're gonna get into our main topic for uh the episode but i I feel it's necessary to talk about uh season six episode one um oh, wow, what a I it, episode. it was man and, and I think it uh I think it ruffled a couple of feathers um mostly um international police chiefs organization people um FBI. Uh, I looked on my LinkedIn and I had a whole bunch of people looking my LinkedIn up. It, you all know that, you know, the the blue falcons out there, you know, that it tells me <laughs> who are these guys. <laughs> it, you know, it tells me when you're looking at my LinkedIn. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know that, right. Like, that's yeah. not a
2: secret. OK. Right, because right, it right. Seems- I can see who's looking me up.
1: Yeah, it's it's so weird that when they do it, especially when they're from my old agency, that always makes me laugh. Um because I'm like, what do you need to it's been 3 years. What do you need to see what I'm doing? Do you want to see where I'm working? Do you want to come over?
2: Isn't it amazing how um things like that, people like that, you you tend to live in their head rent-free. And it's kind of like, dude, you got much better things to do besides worry about a former employee. And you know the way we went out the door um is there some bitterness there? Yeah, yesterday's coffee. However, I've moved past that. I mean, does it still does things uh still creep in and and aggravate me? Sure, it does. But it doesn't dominate my life anymore and I really think that um when we talked a while ago, you had really made a statement that um really rang true with me which was I'm not angry anymore. And you're able to be able to deal with things and move things in a positive way. And I think that, you know, you and I um, have have started this, not started, but, you know, we're doing this podcast together now. Not mad, you know, because I was mad for a long time. You know, I was a cop for a very long time. And another uh, statement that you made was I was born to be a cop in this era. And I think that's so true. But, uh, you know, with these guys that are looking us up on social media, you know, they want to drop their smart ass remarks here and there. What does that mean? That means what cowards do instead of calling you up directly saying, Hey man, I think you're out of line on that comment. And I, I open that I'm openly embracing of that, but what cowards would do is they always go through the back door and they always want to do empty threats. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not above reproach. Um, I, I like what, uh, Captain Higgins, remember him from uh, down south in Louisiana? He's now Congressman Higgins. You know, I like when he called out the gremlins in that video. You know, one thing about it, man, I'm easy to find if you want to come take me on. Um, We wouldn't be doing this podcast had leadership or managers be doing their job. Would you agree with that?
1: No, I do agree with it. And I think, you know, you you made a very good point. I, I mean, three years ago when I first left, people looking up my LinkedIn or going on Facebook or whatever would, would kind of set me off. Mm -hmm. Now I I get a, I get a chuckle out of it because I'm still occupying headspace after three years. You're still, you know, like it's obvious that you're miserable where you are. And I think with those folks that do that with you and I and other people, like I talked to Trent from, uh, from two fired cops and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. You know, I think they don't like seeing you do better. They don't like seeing you uh, in a better headspace. And it's so weird because when you first get on and you're in it, it's about this brother and sisterhood. And it's like, you know, we're blood in, blood out kind of bullshit. And, you know, this thin blue line thing and you know circle
2: jerk in the locker room oh, that was just my department. Um yeah maybe it was yours yeah that never happened to my agency but yeah. either one of the, none of the three i've been involved in do we do you know, any of this <laughs> uh,
1: the starfish <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, but but
1: it's 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 kind of funny because like once you once you leave all that stuff is like you know none of that matters anymore
2: and it's no, it really so does honey.
1: and 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 i think it's the episode one really struck a chord because we're talking, we talked about a police chief national organization and, and everybody knows which one we're talking about. I tagged them in a Twitter post. (laughs) Uh, So no response yet. And, and, and here's the thing is, is those of those of you that are listening from that organization, here is an open invitation for you to come on. Oh yes. And I'll give you, I'll give you 15 minutes to say whatever you want 15 minutes and then the other 45 minutes i get to ask you whatever i want and that's that's and and this invitation has been extended to my former chief and if you want to extend it to anybody from your former agency by all means go ahead but i welcome a sit down conversation
2: oh Um, absolutely
1: remotely we can do it in person Mm -hmm. um but they won't because like Travis Yates writes about in his book, Coward, uh, Cowardly Leaders, is that mm-hmm. they do this from a distance. They do it behind a keyboard. You know, they do this vindictive thing where they're now, like, yeah,
2: you know, no, I'm sorry. No, I mean, you mean the courageous yeah, yeah. police leader, that book you are talking yes, about cowardly yes, yes, leaders, yeah. Travis Yates's book, The Courageous Police Leader. Get out and get it. It's on Amazon. I highly recommend it. And if you want, I'll sign one and send it to you. I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and
1: those of you it's that it's a great are checking,
2: book. It's, it's Mark the Cop. Uh, Mark the Cop recommended it, It's It's approved. Approved. Yes. approved. RCR
1: approved. RCR uh, approved. And I gibby, will tell gibby, you that
2: those of you ass behind you, Nick, I do.
1: <laughs> those of you that are watching on video uh, on our YouTube channel, the video will be right in between Mark and I, so you can get a picture of the book, so you buy the right book on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, or reach out to Travis. Travis will sign one for you. Um, but that leads me to the other thing: is is that we're now on YouTube. Um, the tremendous response from episode one, uh, the video. I think a lot of you out there, if you're not driving, um, you're kind of like me. A lot of my favorite podcasts, I like to watch them on YouTube because I like yeah, I to do see. Too. Yeah, I like to see the facial expressions, and 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 you and I are so ugly that's all we're really, i'm ugly all but we're i'm really tan offer.
2: motherfucker that's what, what that's living right. in florida gets you
1: you do, buddy. you do man you do um but you know i i will your say cat,
2: your cat i'm sorry nick i'm totally distraught your cat's showing me his balls right over your shoulder yeah, well
1: <laughs> or no, that, she doesn't have any catty, balls but, catty
2: okay whatever that catty is hanging vajay. down there is distracting me and the only way you're
1: going to be able to know what we're talking about is you're going to have to go on YouTube and actually watch this video.
2: She's having a good time back there.
1: She really is. This is my normal life uh, when I'm having meetings, virtual meetings. This is just shit I got to deal with. I got high-powered corporate people on on calls, and my
2: cat comes up behind me every time. So, um, I have to play the Aristocats theme for you. That'll be our geez, new intro. man. Jesus.
1: So it was it was very interesting the first uh the first episode I think we we touched on quite a bit of stuff and and we're doing these systematically and strategically the way that we're releasing them and the topics that we're talking about because yeah. Uh you know we want you folks that are still on the job uh, to kind of know uh, that we're with you, we understand, and we're your voice uh, because you really can't say very much. You really don't have a First Amendment right when you're
2: we're we're on not, that not, not, That's right. Um, uh, and, and this Best Practices Act that... Uh, uh, we'll just go right back to the hive mentality. Why do we have a best practices act? Have you ever noticed that the, some of the most successful and happiest cops is when they're, they're putting on social media, them in your uniform and Hey, I'm a happy cop and I'm out doing my job every day. And, uh, we yeah. were at that point and then suddenly one day it changed. Um, you know, we used Lexapol in my former agency and, uh, we got this, uh, uh, noticed, you know, you have a policy update and I'm reading that it's like no, no image or nothing. You can't display anything bearing the patch the badge the this the that anything you know even the 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 letters in a row you can't do that with i'm like why would you do that i'm a public official do you Mm -hmm. agree with that you are a public official why can't and and, you know you can walk right up in front of your police department as john q citizen and and do uh, a video interview right you can stand yeah. outside with them in the background. You can look it up on the Internet and use that logo because it's what? It's in the public realm. Why can't or, or what is the need? Why is this best practices that uh, a happy cop not go out and celebrate how proud they are of their accomplishment or how proud they are to be out in that job and doing that job? I, I just always thought that was so stupid.
1: Well, and, and it's interesting because you just. Did a segue without even knowing about it, which is today's topic, which is recruiting. Oh, um, the the biggest <laughs> recruitment tool is the people that are already on the job. Like when I was when I was happy at my department, right? Man, I recruited every person that I could. Fuck, there's there's people that don't even know this, but the original co-host of this show, Mike, uh, the original Mike, was uh making a delivery to my house with another he was working for this company and he was delivering something to my house no kidding and yeah and him and i struck up a conversation and he's like i've always wanted to be a cop and i'm like come out for a ride-along and the best thing to do that's absolutely the best thing come on out and yeah and i and i mentored him him and and he got hired you Um, use the m-word you what i know it's a dirty (laughs) word man it's a fucking dirty word but I but I don't but I I mean would you agree or disagree that the majority of time like let me put it this way, Mark, if I came to you and I was who? an aspiring um youngling, a duckling, and I came to you, like the original Mike from this show came to me and he and I said to you, Hey Mark, it's always been a passion of mine to get into law enforcement. What do you think? Should I get into law enforcement? What would your what would your honest opinion be if that was the case?
2: When I still was in love with my job, and uh, that was two mm-hmm. years prior to me leaving, I would have said, oh, it's the best fucking job in the world. Because let me tell you something, the people that know me and knew me, I ate, slept, and shit being a cop. There was no doubt. I mean, that was my persona. Um, and, and, it, and it wasn't – I wasn't the guy that wore the tactical shirts or the SIG arms shirt out, kind of like the farming, you know – I, I was always pro police and I still am, but I was pro recruitment mm-hmm. and, um, always telling to people, how do you do this? And I, and I was never recruited, you know, I sat home and said, I want to do this. How do I do this? Cause you know, a lot of the officers, right. um, came into my father's restaurant and uh they're like hey man you know because i started asking them questions and they said exactly what you did for mike nick said, come out for a ride along man see what we're doing man you'd have a good time you'd make a good cop they told me and it was uh the guys from the montgomery county sheriff's department and uh, i'm friends mm-hmm. with many of them today uh there's a great agency to work for uh lots of uh they have a very they have a strong leader as a sheriff to tell you that way um and i respect the hell out of him um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know no one recruited me into it, and what I would say to them is hell yeah it's a it's a great it's a great profession but today uh i think I still think it's a great noble profession, and I appreciate each and every one of you that want to go out there and do it because right now is really a tough time but right. I think what what I feel a duty right now to act is to get the right people on the job and to have the right leadership in there and to be able to fare it out. How do you know? when, when you're working for a bad leader, how do you recognize yeah. these things? I think those are conversations we can have in up and coming shows, but I think, but for this one here, um, I don't know if I'm being really polarized in my answer or I'm being contradictory. So there's a big word for you, um, mm. in, in my answer, but you know, I was, um, I was at a family gathering over the weekend. I have a cousin, shout out to in Texas, a positive shout out. Um, he's a, he's a, a, a Sergeant down there. And, um, you know, and, and, and him and I were, were having adult beverages. And I said, you know, today, if your child came to you and said, Hey dad, I, I want to be the police. What would your reaction be? And what would your reaction be? Nick, I'll just go ahead and start that. If your child came to you and said, dad, I, I, I want to do this. I think I want to do this.
1: Well, it's interesting that you say that, Mark, because my oldest daughter did that. Oh, and it was towards the end of my law enforcement career. Okay, and I gave her the same piece of advice, which is, I won't stop you from doing it, but what I will tell you is, is that the trade-offs, the the pros, don't outweigh the cons. The sacrifices mm-hmm. that you make for this job don't outweigh. You know, the the pay, the benefits, Mm -hmm. uh, the things that you don't calculate, like your your mental health and and things Mm -hmm. like that. These are things that I never, ever thought about when I first got on. But I did tell her. Yeah, I did tell her, you know, one, absolutely not at my
2: old agency.
1: I would never
2: (laughs) don't walk in that joint.
1: Yeah. Well, they wouldn't have taken her anyway, but right uh, um, I, I had said to her, you know, do you research? Because that's what mm-hmm. I wish that I would have done. Um, really quick side story was, is when I, I was originally from New York City. So when I mm-hmm. applied for this job here in Virginia, I traveled back and forth for each part of my process. Oh, wow. And then they gave me my offer. They gave mm-hmm. me my offer. And I moved from New York down to here. And I had like three months before the academy started. So I needed to find a job. And I found a job working like in loss prevention for three months. It was mm-hmm. an easy job. It was good money. And every time I would catch somebody like stealing or something, the police would come to the to the store, but it wasn't my jurisdiction. It wasn't the department that I was going to go work at. It was the one next to it. Okay. And I would tr- strike up a conversation with them and I would say, hey, I'm going to the police academy in January for for Alexandria City. And they would look at me and they would go, why? And I'm like, what? And they're like, that's the worst <laughs> fucking department in Northern Virginia. Like, it's the worst. It's terrible. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, the, the prosecution there is terrible. The leadership there is terrible. The department's very clicky. And, like, I didn't grasp that concept when I was working at, <laughs> like, Sports Authority and lost prevention, you know?
2: Where was the robot and- from Lost in Space? Danger, Will Robinson.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. Like then, when I got on, I started to like slowly realize. And um, I want to say probably around the five year mark is I think when you start to really decide whether or not you want to stay vested in a place, or do you want to? Do you want to? leave move on right that was right around my time like I I did a ride-along at another jurisdiction Mm -hmm. and I did this ride-along and the ride-along rubbed me the wrong way like it wasn't there wasn't a team atmosphere like I was used to Mm -hmm. so I was like "Ah, you know what fuck it I'm just gonna stick it out I've been here for five years I'm gonna I'm gonna put in for sergeant I think because at that point I had over 10 years of law enforcement experience though I had only been in that department for five years. Yeah. But I think when when you're looking at things now, if you're thinking about going into this profession and I say this, Mark, and I think you could agree with me is, is that I want to say probably about 80 to 90 percent of the applicants that are putting in for law enforcement. Now, this isn't the job that they desired from the time that they were children. This is strictly, I need a fucking job.
2: Right, right. Um, and they got good benefits and they pay really well. Um, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal yeah. your under there.
1: No, no, no. It's a, uh, So, I, I mean, I think the majority, and it touches on what you spoke about, is, is getting the right people in
2: uh, uh-huh. for
1: recruitment. And you can see how desperate agencies are because they're doing these um, recruiting um, events and a lot of them don't fucking make any sense like you know like they're doing recruiting events at you know like fucking clown college or you know like this, <laughs> they're not
2: take off know, the wigs you know, and put on the badge oh wait a minute that's some administrators yeah. but
1: <laughs> yeah my, my favorite are the ones that do like a recruiting event inside of a mall yeah, yeah. and I'm like
2: yeah why aren't you going to what kind eat? of applicants
1: do you think you're getting
2: well, you know, I think we're a lot what they've what a lot of agencies have got away from is like the Explorer program, because, you know, I know a lot of guys that I work with right now. You know, hell, I was a police explorer. Yeah, I wanted to do this. This is something you yeah. want to. Yeah, I was, you know, and I love what you said there. I was born to do this job. I was born because I, I don't want to say I was born to do it, but it, it was it was a, uh, a it was a calling. Yeah, a calling of service. You know, I wanted to be in the military. My dad talked me out of it. So the next thing was, you know civilian. So let's go into the police roles. And I didn't realize how many of my family were that have my last name that are actually police officers out West. And I'm very proud of uh, my distant cousin. He does a great job down there. You know, he's a, he's a, just a really accomplished officer. And, you know, I'm, I'm very proud that of, of the job that he does and, and the other people that that choose this profession to get out there, you know, I have a small, uh, recruit class right now that I'm teaching, but you know, I told them guys, you know, every one of you is going to have a job at the end of this process. And I can remember back in the nineties, um, me and a, a friend went to a, um, a, a test, uh, one of the cities here in my County had, they were hiring one officer, 260 applicants showed up for one job. And I was pretty happy with myself. I placed like 68th <laughs> but I wasn't wow. going to get the job, but you don't have that anymore. And, and, you know, like when I got my job at my city, you know, um, a bunch showed up and, and they did the physical, but majority of them got weeded out. I conditioned for six months for that job. Cause I wanted to work yeah. there that bad every day. I was up around a mile and a half, you know, I, I ate like a bird. I, I was down to 215 pounds, you know, so I aced the test. And, yeah. uh, so I went on to the written, of course I aced that and, 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 you know, the rest is history, but, um, no one recruited me And and kind of what I'm seeing now is that some of these like, Oh yeah, let's give it a try. So they, the agency spends a lot of money on them. Um, they put them through the Academy and then they start them on what shift generally evenings or midnights. And these guys that were used to working at like GameStop or whatever else, Monday through Friday, work some weekends, and now you're, you're in this job and you're like, fuck this, this sucks. So they quit, you know, so then you start right back all over again. You know, this is something you want to do. This is a job you got to want to do. And uh, it's something you're passionate about, you know, the uh, discipline that you got into and you were damn good at it. You know, right. you, it's like you said, you sit around your off time thinking about what's some cool shit that I can get people motivated to do. And yep. like with me what's some what do, what's some things that we can do to make things better in our city um yeah
1: yeah ahead. and and i don't and i, and I don't i want to say i don't think that that's happening now like even recruitment like when you said that about getting physically fit ready mm-hmm. like i don't i didn't always look like this chiseled body right now
2: <laughs> me neither <laughs> I, I
1: remember one of the requirements for my old agency was 20 percent body fat and i was like not 20% and i was going every day 7 days mm-hmm. a week to the gym right. and i was sweating it out man i was wearing, going to the sauna after working out and i remember going to the to the physical for the department and i mm-hmm. came at it like 15.9%. That's how drastic. I mean i started at like almost 30% body fat and i wow. worked my ass off for it man. Yeah. And now i and i see the pictures like Not just my old agency, but big departments, Chicago, New York, Mm -hmm. and all these other departments. Man, they are not putting asses in seats for tests anymore. And Mm -hmm. uh, the age. Not at all. Right. A lot of these departments are celebrating that they're hiring recruits that are over 40 years old. Yeah. Kudos to you. But I'm going to tell you right now that is a horrible fucking decision. That is a horrible, horrible Mm -hmm. recruitment idea. Whoever. Whoever started to think of that, and they said, "You know what? Let's tap into our middle-aged group." Yeah, yeah. That's not smart. That's not smart.
2: But, but I'm I'm going to call you there. I don't say middle-aged, but I think that um, late twenties, early thirties is a group that really is not being solicited. Now, forty-five and older. Let me tell you something, boys and girls, if you think you want to be a cop, I've always wanted to be one. This is a physically taxing job. It's mentally taxing job. And I can tell you, once I turned 45, I felt the change. uh, It was, you know, things started changing. My eyesight started changing, started taking longer to recover. Um, Mm -hmm. I was looking at some photos of me on the job a while ago. I'm like, man, I wish I was that fat when I thought I was fat, you know, so since I've retired... Mm -hmm. Sadly, thanks PTSD and depression, I've put on a lot of weight, but, uh, that's my thing. And I'm, my wife and I are going to be working very hard on getting rid of some weight. So we're going to go through some lifestyle changes, but you know that I think the age group that these people that started out in a career, um, and then decided they want to make a change because that's what I did. I started my full time. I was a part timer for 10 years. All right. And mm-hmm. then uh, realized, hey, I, th- I think I'm going to make a change. I, I want to go ahead and go full time. And uh, I should have listened to my wife 10 years prior to and went full time. I could have retired. Uh, uh, I would still would probably been around the same time. But, you know, would have had a little more in the pension.
1: Yeah. And, and I want to give a, a really quick shout out because uh Logan Campbell who's been on this show a couple of times he mm-hmm. uh he is my personal trainer he's been my personal trainer for a little over a month now and uh major major props to him um him and I've been working remotely he's my my personal trainer uh down over 30 pounds and and I feel congratulations
2: final. yeah keep the work up yeah buddy
1: i mean uh, he's, he's absolutely amazing. He's great. He's very inspiring. So I wanted to throw that in there for those of you that are no longer in law enforcement. That's when it's hard to lose. Oh uh, yeah. Lose that weight, man. I, it is, it is
2: rough. rough. Well, I, I thought it was rough on the job, especially working midnights is cause you know, you just don't uh, have the, the food ain't out there and you know, you just, I never had the motivation to go hit the gym. You know finally yeah. it, it would get to the point to where you know dude i got I gotta get out i got I gotta get, got get moving you know it just didn't have that i i I'm not the type of person that you know has that three or four day regimented gym day you yeah. know i always I laughed
1: I always laughed at the younger guys that that like would come into roll call with their big fucking one gallon you know, water jug. And they're like, what do you mean you can't work out when you wake up? Like on midnights, they would come in, right. And roll call at eight o'clock at night. And they're like, what do you mean you, you can't wake up at three, four o'clock and go to the gym? And I'm like, because I'm not like you, I don't have any, I don't have no responsibility. I'm right. Living in a one bedroom apartment with no fucking kids. Like, or I can or, or do still home prep. with my
2: parents. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah I'm not in my parents' <laughs> fucking basement all right I don't play fucking call of duty all night like right and, and and it's definitely different and it's always interesting because those are the same folks that I when I became a sergeant I, I supervised and I watched them like get engaged then they got married then they mm-hmm. popped out their first kid mm-hmm. and they fucking ballooned they <laughs> ballooned and you're and you're like you want to be the guy to turn around and be like i fucking told you so but but then hey, you buddy. want to be yeah yeah you're like, they're like oh i'm so tired all the fucking time sarge i'm tired welcome to the club bro <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not it's not all fucking fun and games buddy it's great when you're single and you know, like you have all that resilience at twenty-three to twenty-eight years old, ventured mm, yes. to say almost thirty. But like once you once you adult and have responsibility, then it's like yes. priorities. You know, it's like can I can I be at the gym for an hour and a half a day? Probably not.
2: no, you can't because you got fucking kids to run around. I mean, yeah, and then I as they get older, you got sports and and this that and the other. And I can tell you, I woke up one day and I'm like, holy shit, I'm in my fifties. What the fuck happened to my forties? You know, but well, it does. And, you know, you have your head down and you're plowing and, you know, you're just doing your thing. And next thing you know, shit, I'm 50 years old. Shit starts to hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. why, why doesn't my arm move this way anymore? Well, you need surgery or like me, you need your hips replaced and And everything's
1: falling apart now. Like, yeah, you
2: know, know this, we, we were, we
1: were going to do episode two sooner, but I decided to go get two wisdom teeth pulled and, Mm -hmm. um, Man, I—I I mean, this was a week ago today, and uh, and it still fucking hurts. It still fucking hurts. No, um, and I hate that. I hate it, that. It's the worst, man. It's the worst. and and then like, I—I I, I got my daughter a, a used car, and she needed a she needed brakes. So I went and I changed her brakes, and my back has been hurting every day since then. And that's with me <laughs> fucking working out every day, bro. Like. I'm like, I can't stand up straight. I mean, it's just like. It's just, it's you your, look like Cro-Magnon, man. <laughs> Dude, it's, ter- it's fucking terrible, man. Like, between the teeth and my
2: back, I'm like, uh, fuck me, man. Wait a minute. Fuck is this me. roll call rumor? <laughs> Two old sergeants complaining. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, it is. This is the
1: geriatric episode. This is the- Ladies and gentlemen, our sponsor today is uh, Go-Kart. Uh, if you use code roll call room, you get 20% off of your wheelchair. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say this. uh, One thing that we forgot to say at the beginning of the episode is, is that we're super excited. We have a, major sponsor mm-hmm. uh, and, and one that we didn't solicit which is even better <laughs> yes, uh, it's always better <laughs> i know i got the email I'm kind of laughing uh, about
2: what it is i'm like whoa. i know
1: i'm, I'm teasing <laughs> it up man i i remember getting the email and i yeah. sent you a screenshot of it and i was like dude i think this is fucking for real and it was uh and we're happy to say that we are sponsored by manscaped uh that's manscaped.com And if you go to Manscaped and you use code roll call room, you get 20% off. Uh, The folks at Manscaped uh, sent Mark and I a care package, which we're going to do an unboxing on uh, in the future. Um, Just an absolutely beautiful uh, box. And a funny thing was, is I was out with my family today at Target. And what do I come upon? There is a um, end cap of Manscaped now at Target. I wouldn't buy it from there because you don't get your 20% off. Right. But what was interesting is the kit that they sent us was there at Target. And I Mm -hmm. was like, wow, that looks really, I mean, this kit is nice. It's got like lotion in it. It's got a shaver. It's got nose and hair trimmer in there. It had a t-shirt in there. It had boxers in there. It had um, a carrying bag. Like when I go away for work, now I can carry all my shit in a bag instead of, using a fucking target bag, like some fucking hobo. Um,
2: <laughs> we'll see. I'm a bigger hobo. Cause I only use Walmart. <laughs> uh, you? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean, man? And It's an but, old Walmart bag that was blowing around the parking lot. <laughs> what What's interesting
1: is, is I go, I go away quite often for work. So like, right. like I mostly stay at the Hilton cause I get, you know, like, you know, rewards. because you're
2: bougie. you're bougie. bougie. Yeah. Yeah. You're bougie. Um,
1: when I open up my my suitcase, you know, in that fishnet fucking area, you know what I'm talking about. People who mm-hmm. are listening, you know, there's two sides to a fucking suitcase. When you right. open that shit, there's 15 bags of shit in there, uh, like different Target bags, like shampoo mm-hmm. in one bag, toothpaste and uh, toothbrush. Man, I get uh, being an adult just sucks, man. It just <laughs> sucks. <laughs> so I, that that. The saying that, uh, you know, we thank the, the folks at Manscaped, and and we encourage you to go on Manscaped.com, code Roll Call room and get 20% off. Uh, it does help the show, uh, so it keeps the show going, which is great. Uh, we got YouTube, Patreon. Patreon is really, really big. We're going to be making a big push for that. Uh, and then if you're watching this video, you could see this awesome shirt that I'm wearing. We have mm-hmm. swag now. Uh, we have some merch on our uh, website, rollcallroom.com. And I'm and the coffee cups. the call room mug. Coffee cup, um, yep. And what's cool, it's sublimation shirts, so it's not cheap piece of shit shirts. Um, <laughs> so so go on there, go check those out. Again, all of that <laughs> stuff uh, you know keeps the lap dances coming for
2: Mark and I and we appreciate <laughs> it. Um, well, you need to unwind somehow. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Mark, the cop. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sainted Susan. Uh, Sainted Susan. I'm sorry, Susan.
1: Yeah. I'm such a bad influence. Um you know, we're, talking, we're talking about ball shavers and lap dances. <laughs> She's gonna be in the car listening to this. And sure. she's gonna look at you. She's gonna be like, "What the uh, fuck is wrong with that guy?" It's all for show business. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with that guy, Nick?" Like, he's just, that's. There's a lot well, wrong with me, Susan. A lot. A right. Lot wrong with me. Um, well, we
2: aren't your average cop podcast either.
1: We no, are the OG.
2: No, I, I, I'm proud to say we. Thanks for inviting me along. But you are the OG always. of all. So. Well, and
1: I and I and I I truly mean this, and we didn't get to talk on it uh, with episode one. I never really, when we started Roll Call Room, I never really went after other shows. I never did that, man. But I got to tell you now, three years into it, it's gotten to the point where um, I really start to look at other podcasts that are doing a disservice to this profession. And those of you that know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, which is, is you can't remain safe anymore. You can't walk that fine line anymore and turn a blind eye to all the shit that's going on in our profession and I'm yeah. kind of this is going to sound so bad but you know what I'm full transparency I'm kind of getting tired of it like I I look when I first started RCR you know maybe I was naive I, what I really saw was probably 10-15 law enforcement podcasts mm-hmm. now there's thousands of them thousands yeah. of them Man, I can't keep track of them but there's one thing that's always re- uh, repetitive and, and and it's the same thing, which is, is let's not talk about poor law enforcement leadership. No, let's not talk about law enforcement suicide. Let's not, nobody wants to hear that other shit. Like, and so I'll get off my soapbox in a minute is, is that that's the reason for revamping the roll call room is to get back to the core basics uh, right. and start talking about this stuff and start talking about, folks like uh, the International Police Organization that we were talking about, which is is that you've gone far, far too long with not being called out for your bullshit. And I don't okay. have any stake in the game anymore, though. Like, I right, don't right. depend on them for a salary, so I could say what I want.
2: Well, but I, I can tell you, I I can distinctly remember my first year at Washington, D.C., um, Someone and going to the National Memorial, uh, which is mm-hmm. May 15th, by the way, for those of you who don't know or know what police week is. Police week is May, the week of May 15th. It's very important. Mm-hmm. And I think every officer, if you're on the job, take the time to go sometime in your career. I'm going next year. We're going next year. We will be in Washington for police week. But yes, the first time I, I went to the memorial and I saw uh, a placard on the inner wall um, talking about police suicides. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. And I didn't realize at that time, my wife's like, you need to look into this because she picked up one of their brochures and we got back to the hotel because I remember it was early on because we used to stay at Holiday Inn Capital. We don't stay there anymore. But so that's how I know when it was. But we started reading these statistics and I was like, are you fucking shitting me? Mm -hmm. This is this is this is seriously alarming. Mm-hmm. And how many police suicides there are. And so I started doing more research for me and, and shame on me for being so naive, you know, the back in the day, oh, well, he was cleaning his gun or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I, I can distinctly remember um, agencies covering as to what happened. You know yeah. what I mean? They were actual police suicides. What would you do with it? I was listening to uh, another podcast the other day and they were talking about how um, you know, we just had D-Day recently. And how those veterans, when they came home, they never talked about the war. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some of these veterans, you know, would wake up screaming at night because that's all unresolved trauma. And that's before we really understood it. And then I started experiencing it myself. But holding people accountable, um, holding agencies accountable for not being toxic shits and adding Mm -hmm. to these poor officers' stress, having a, a work a friendly safe work environment being officer first not policy first quit being such a coward when you're sitting in your corner office when you walk through and see your men stop and say hello you know yeah. just simple leadership things i don't want to hear about how great i'm in a fucking email you know when are you, when are you going to stop and say hey how's your family doing and i yeah. understand that big agencies you know get that so it's it's that Uh, it, it, it's that division or that bureau commander or whatever else, you know, reach out and touch people We're a people job, that's what this is. And I still think law enforcement's a great job. I just think there needs to be some tweaking. I also feel that we need to get serious about this. As long as we're having the numbers we're having, how quick did the numbers spike? Uh, because I remember we were talking one time we were in single digits, uh, since the first of the year and then suddenly it took off. Um, so I don't, I, I don't have that statistic in front of me. Um, to be able to see how many uh officer suicides we've had so far this year, but any any of them is still too many and until we get right. to down to night like zero numbers, we still have work to do uh This is a great job, but yeah. it's also a tough job
1: yeah and and I'll say this too, and it kind of brings brings up a couple of other things, which is and and this will be topics of conversation in future future shows is organizations that are um, supposed to be helping with educating or giving resources to officers for suicide and that are taking government money, government grant money and doing nothing with it. Uh, so oh, I, agree. Um, I guess this is, this is the asterisk, which is, is this is the warning. Like there's, we're going to call you out. Like it's coming. Um, I'm just figuring out how to tactically do it. Uh but it's coming. I'm I'm gonna be looking at your 5013 C shit and I'm gonna blast you. I'm gonna put you on blast on social media. I'm gonna I'm gonna publicize what you're spending your money for. Uh and it's coming. It is coming. Uh I think they've well, been I, safe I, for so long.
2: Go ahead, buddy. Well, I and I think it's time to start calling you know, a whatever, whatever, whatever deck in the card you wanna call it. A, you know, a five of hearts, it's a five of hearts. But you know, until you have agencies—not agencies, but organizations—and I'm going to throw a shout out here, if you don't mind, our good friends at the Chip yeah, Terry ahead. Fund. Uh, the Chip yes. Terry Fund is a is an organization, uh, and they're helping the fireside, and um, mm-hmm. they are actually making change and they're actually working hard. Uh, if you go to the Chip Terry uh, you know it's it's a great uh, a, a, a great fund. Uh, what am I trying to say? It's a, it's a good reason to go donate. There's a big donate button right there in the middle. Yep. You know, and they're helping first responders every day. Those are the people that are serious yep. about it. Um, I would love to have um, Joe Terry on sometime for an interview. Uh, so, Joe, if you're Absolutely. listening, clear your calendar. Um, but, but what she's doing and how we're finding ourselves in, in that organization is working every day to limit first responder suicides because there's way too many and and it's more yeah. than, than a lot of people realize. The next thing is, is that, and, and I'm going to quote her by saying, you know, there's three types of organizations out there. There's ones that, that do nothing. Doesn't happen. Mm. Never happened. There's ones that give it lip service. And then there's ones that are very serious about it. The worst one of those three are the lip service people. I feel yep. if you're just well, giving lip service and you're not attacking it, go,
1: and I could I could think of two right offhand, but I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve that for a later time because poker Hold runs,
2: back. yeah.
1: <laughs> poker, poker runs and nice graphics to show how many law enforcement suicides don't prevent law enforcement suicides, and no. you know you know who I'm fucking talking about. I don't mean you, Mark, because right. I know I know that this organization is listening because I saw you look on my fucking LinkedIn. So get ready it's
2: coming here we go double it's barrel gak, 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 gak. yeah so yeah. so i think so, that's what the teaser was wasn't
1: it <laughs> yeah i'm, talking, Shot's I'm talking, tired i'm fucking <laughs> i'm fucking fired up i saw that one come through on my linkedin and i was like um, oh, okay. you want to fucking you want to open up that pandora's box from three years ago okay here we go get ready because yeah. i'm gonna yeah. air your to fucking dirty laundry it's coming um but you know what Another time, another episode. We've got a lot more to go. we got a lot more seasons to go. Uh, folks, there oh, yeah, is yeah. so, so much. I highly encourage you to reach out to Mark and I uh, for comments, uh, show ideas. If you want to come on as a guest, if you have uh, a story to tell or experience that you want to tell, Mark now has an official com email address, and it's M-A-R-C at rollcallroom.com. Not M-A-R-K. <laughs> That's <M-A-R-C>. our <okay. laughs> And mine is Nick at RollcallRoom.com. Yep. Uh you can go on all of our social media now. If you go on the gram, as the kids call it, uh, you can go on our link tree. And it has all of our shit on there. Go to Patreon, uh, pl- pl- pledge the lowest if you want the $8 one we got some cool stuff for the top tiers coming out Uh, we also have posters now we have posters Mm -hmm. that Mark and I are going to sign and send out every person that pledges uh, the lowest one gets one of those we have swag we have all of this different stuff Uh, please get involved please uh, like and share uh, and and spread spread the show like that's how it got so popular that's how uh, it grew
2: Well, it got big being outrageous and and just throw that out there because, because, you know, when I first started listening to your show, I was like, holy cow, I really connected with these guys because, you know, what better show to have than two cops telling it how it is, you know, we can sit there and, you know, like we talk talking about being safe. You can be safe all day long. We're not going to sit on here and talk about trigger pulls or, you know, this kind of training and that, and that that's not what we're about. What we're about is number one problem is officer suicides. Number two is mental health. And you know there is a balance there, and and my my mission is is to try and bring some healing, keep you guys happy, healthy, and going out there wanting to do the job every day.
1: My goal is to be the gasoline or kerosene uh, to Mark's fire,
2: <laughs> the napalm. Um, <laughs> that's
1: pretty much what my whole life is about, man. Just fucking
2: torching the shit out of stuff. Uh,
1: but I do it for you, folks. I do it for you. Um, I will have some good stuff for episode three from my old agency. I'm waiting for this FOIA to come through. I can't wait. Um, mm. So I might have some good uh, juicy shit. So those of you that are at my old agency, hang on. I'm going to have some good shit for you real soon. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Um but with that mark any anything to um uh, to uh tell the folks before we end for the uh for the episode
2: well again i'm and and this has been my message before if you're going to work that 5 hours of overtime take that 5 hours of comp time it's a job guys don't make it be who you are go in do the best job you can do every day be honest be have lots of integrity but don't don't let it encompass you remember your family loves you and you should love them back be there for them yeah.
1: what well, Mark, what you said times, too. Again, folks, uh, appreciate everything. Check out all of our social media. And be safe.
0: Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you could get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to RollCallRoom.com to pledge today.